Have you heard? Sling TV offers the news you love for less. Hey, wait. You look and sound just like me. I am you. I'm the same news programs on Sling TV for less. You mean you're me, but for less money. A lot less. I'm all the favorite news programs and more on Sling TV starting at just $40 a month. Everything great about me, but for less money? Which makes me greater, don't you think? Get the news you love and more for less. Start saving today. Visit Sling.com to see your offer. Sling. For exclusive podcasts and more, sign up at Patreon.com slash Partners in Crime Media. This week's Lana Marathon winner is Amber Van... Oh, sorry. This week's Law & Order Marathon winner is Amber... V- Whoa. This week's Law & Order Marathon winner is Amber Van Trek of Anchorage, Alaska. Amber will get a marathon decal showing she watched 26.2 hours of her favorite crime show. To be next week's winner, sign up at lawandorderpodcast.com. I'm Kevin Flynn with Rebecca Lavoy and Erica Vialba, and these are their stories. You think you know who did it, but you don't know who did it. Law and order, law and order, law and order. It's no ordinary police procedural, baby. It's the FNOG of police procedures, baby. Law and order, law and order, law and order, law and order. These are their stories, these are their stories. Welcome to These Are Their Stories, the podcast about Network TV's most enduring crime franchise and the real-life cases that inspired their shows. I'm Kevin Flynn. Each podcast will break down an episode from either Criminal Intent, SVU, or Original Recipe. And today we're looking at Special Victims Unit, Season 20, Episode 5, A Credo. So the egotistical male leader of an all-female group is sleeping with one of his acolytes. It's not a shock. It's also not illegal. Or motive for Vicky's murder. Joining me to do just that is true crime author and the host of Crime Writers On and Netflix's You Can Make This Up podcasts, Rebecca Lavoie. Hello, Rebecca. Kevin, I'm so happy to be here. I was just with my trainer. I had to run all the way back to the studio in order to record this podcast. You can move in with me and do squats. <laughs> we'll explain that later. Rounding out our panel is our special guest from the That Aged Well podcast. It's Erica Vialba. Hey, Erica. Hey, I just got branded for this, so we're all set to go. <laughs> Yay! Ouch. I hope it's my initials and not somebody else's. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> so that aged well is not something we always hear about law and order. <laughs> never. Not always. Like, almost never. Well, okay, almost never. Uh, but, Erica, you and your friend Paul, who's, like, stalking you in the background right now, terribly jealous, you guys talk about TV and movies from the 80s and 90s, so... What really did not hold up well? Oh, good question. Uh, you know what sadly has not aged as well as I wanted it to is John Hughes films. Uh, yes. The, the John Hughes catalog is um, a little more 80s than, than you want it to be. Correct. In every way. I mean, we're talking about Breakfast Club. Don't watch 16 Candles. 16 Candles. 16 candles. <laughs> uh, all of them. Like, all of them. I'm sorry, my friend John Cryer, but even Blaine has not aged particularly well. So I'm not supposed to want to be Anthony Michael Hall and show all my friends the panties of the hottest girl in school? That's not something <laughs> I'm supposed to aspire toward? 
No. Why, you gotta, why you gotta ruin it for everybody? Nor are you going to <laughs> give your drunk girlfriend to Anthony Michael Hall and say, you can do whatever you want with her. That uh, is not a thing you should aspire to. That is an actual thing that happens in a movie that teenagers are meant to watch. Correct. <laughs> do whatever you want with her. It's cool. And we all loved it. Oh, mm-hmm. no more Yankee. Jake Ryan, wanky. though. Yes, he I got it. He was hot, yes. was he not? Jake Ryan was hot. Even I will say that. Discount Matt Dillon. He had it all going on. Hell yeah. <laughs> Discount Matt Dillon. Perfect. Hey, Erica, of all the franchises, which two cops are your favorite detective team? Favorite law and order detective team. Okay, so I'm going to cheat and give you two answers because the actual answer is Briscoe and Green. Mm-hmm. Because they give amazing big Broadway energy. Uh, and I love seeing two song and dance men as cops, as rough and tumble cops. Uh, but for SVU... Not singing or dancing, but go ahead. <laughs> SVU is my favorite of the franchises. And so I got to say Munch and Finn also are excellent. Mm. Of all the cops of like all of Law & Order, Munch has aged by far the best. Oh, so he's you know why? He's aged well, huh? but you know why? Because he looked like shit to begin with. <laughs> so he had nowhere to go but the same, right? <laughs> he also like he has like a healthy disdain for authority and for cops to begin with, which now feels Correct. very like oh yeah, of course. Yes, the stuff we used to think when he said it, it was like oh that's crazy. It's like no, he was right. The government is, in fact, spying on all of us. But it, but actually, like, literally aging well. Dan Florek looked the same in his last season of SVU. He as looks he did younger. His first season of Law & Order. Dan Florek has a fucking painting of himself in his attic. Must be. It's insane. <laughs> <laughs> Dan Florek is Benjamin Button. 100%. Absolutely. And Erica, who's your favorite prosecutorial team? Favorite Law & Order District Attorney Prosecutorial Team. I gotta go Barba. I just love me some, again, big Broadway energy with the Raul Esparza. It's a good pick. It's a solid pick. 100%. Although we really don't have like a musical episode. Also, now that Ice-T is doing like heavy metal, can we please include that on the show? (laughs) 100%. Why not? All right, now let's take a look at the first half of our episode. SVU Season 20, Episode 5, A Credo. Welcome to A Credo Entrepreneurial Workshop. All chicks, no dicks. (laughs) There's a new woman in the program who's just out of an abusive relationship, but still willing to ignore the water running in the tub so she can answer an unexpected knock on the door in her silk bathrobe. She was stabbed multiple times in the chest and in the torso. She was sexually assaulted with a table leg. We know who she is? No, there's no idea. There's no cell computer in the loft, no pictures. There's no mail in the mailbox. That's strange. Yeah, with the sexual component, Homicide wants us to take the lead. The victim also had part of the flesh on her torso cut away. At the morgue, the apartment's owners say, Phew, not my daughter. Mm. Uh, that's her friend Vicky, who moved in after being stalked. The squad learns Vicky had been dropping big bucks at a credo, and Benson and a visibly pregnant Rollins visit their fancy-ass mansion to get some answers. The suave and all-knowing leader is Arlo Beck, and his girl Friday is Lila, who says Vicky's ex-boyfriend Brad posted intimate photos of her. Carisi and Finn get a warrant for Brad's place, and they find blood on his shoes and pants that match Vicky's. His alibi is good, though. He's on video at a nearby bar, but he's seen leaving with Gina, hmm. one of the women from Acredo. She tells Liv and Amanda she has no idea that the guy she left with was Vicky's ex, and the patch of flesh sliced from Vicky's body was probably a brand, the same symbol 
all the women in a credo agreed to have branded on them. Finn and Carisi meet Gina's husband, who has photos of the women pinning Vicky down with a foot on her neck. After a hormonal Rollins knocks her to the floor, Gina tells the detectives Vicky was her serf and did whatever she said. But Vicky wanted to leave a credo, so Gina was ordered to plant the blood on Brad, blood that she got from Lila. So, by the way, this episode starts off with scenes of Liv working out with a private trainer. Is this Mariska's way of saying, fuck off, America, I'm trying? I really am troubled by all of the um, Olivia Benson workout energy that happens in this season. I really am. I'm troubled by it because before this episode, there's a scene where she runs uh-huh. and like is uncomfortable. Remember that scene? She's out of breath. Yeah, It yeah. feels extremely fat shamey to me. It feels incredibly uncomfortable to me. She's a fucking captain. Like, wh- whenever is she going to need to run or throw a medicine ball on the job? I don't know. Throw a medicine ball. <laughs> also, is she supposed to be ageless? This is a woman like rounding 60. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So why are we why do we care? And why and this isn't the only scene she has, like with the trainer thing. Like they really want us to know that Mariska can throw that medicine ball. I, I thought she could anyway. I don't know why we have that. Well, I think it might be part of the long setup to get to the Fitbit tracker, which we will get. To, but. <laughs> now no one can identify the victim, so they call the owners of the apartment to come down from Connecticut and they say, Meet us at the morgue. And after a few questions, Liv says, we need you to make an identification. Why are the parents so surprised? Is that why you brought us here? Mm -hmm. We thought medical examiner's office was like a school or something. (laughs) I want to know, at every medical examiner's office, if you just knock on the window, will someone open the shades and there will be a dead body? (laughs) Is that someone's entire job is to raise the curtain in the medical examiner's office? It was very theatrical. It was like, open the blinds. I got to tell you, whenever I do that with the blinds, if I pull it down, like if I wanted to put it back up, it would jam. Yeah. So instead of the dramatic, okay, drop the the, the Venetian blinds. It would be like you pulling left yeah. 800 times on the court. Yeah, it would come like crooked. And it <laughs> just, all, it, all the drama would be gone. Yeah. They need those fancy Pella windows that have the blinds inside. Yeah. I'm just saying that would be a very good solution for this Emmy's office situation. Is this your dead daughter? Exactly. <laughs> they should just lean into the theatricality of it and just have like velvet curtains that raise like in a theater. Amazing. Oh, yeah. Or a scrim. Yes. Is <laughs> shadow puppets behind it. <laughs> and why not throw in an orchestra? Make it make it a moment. <laughs> <laughs> One single spotlight, boom, comes on like that. Nine hundred twenty-five thousand six hundred corpses. Yeah, okay, there you go. <laughs> we were thinking, we were thinking, yeah, yeah. So, like their daughter Abby, uh, their actual daughter, who isn't the victim, she is an actress and on location shooting a quote dystopian horror story. You know, one where women lose all rights. You know. Texas. Oh, or The Handmaid's Tale. It was literally The Handmaid's Tale, was it not? Erica, she was literally wearing the outfit with the red dress and the white cap. They were doing everything they could not to get sued by Hulu. They were like, how do we just reach the edge of this without actually getting sued by Hulu? Blessed be the rape cops who show up on set. <laughs> May they open. Doesn't NBU doesn't NBC own a Hulu? No, they invest in it and oh. you know they're partners. They don't own it. Hulu. Was, it was just very funny that the way that there were so many like feminist like mic drops in this episode. There was that, there was Livy's mug. 
on her desk with a descent with the Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Yeah, she's always had the the yeah the RGB. There was there was Livy throwing a medicine ball at a man. There was Rollins. (laughs) Take that. There was Rollins. Like I don't know, completely not hiding her pregnancy. So much feminist stuff in this episode. Yeah, I mean, speaking of losing your rights, you know, for some reason, Rollins hasn't notified one PP. That she's pregnant. Okay, because I don't want any special consideration. No, no, I mean, you are pregnant, Amanda, and you you can hide it with clothes, but but we're going to have to notify one PP. I can give you a week, max. I mean, who wants to get paid the same for browsing Facebook all day as opposed to going around murder sites and getting sick by blood uh, fumes? I have two thoughts. Yeah. One is, as I've said before, if anyone ever told me I didn't have to work, but I would still get paid, I'd be like, yes. (laughs) Two is, it is actually sexist AF that a pregnant cop can't just do what a cop does. Like, I don't know, show up on scene, talk to people. Yeah, most of the other cops, Erica, are not vomiting. (laughs) Get back, Rollins. I'm fine. I mean, Rollins came here to do two things. Throw up and commit low-key police brutality. That's what she's here for. There you go. Yes. And she's all out of vomit. (laughs) (laughs) But Olivia says, like, well, you know, we can hide your pregnancy in some loose clothing. We know that. That's how you got through three of your own children on this show. (laughs) Correct. Just hold this in front of you. There you go. And Rollins, throughout this whole episode, becomes more and more pregnant. Did they film this episode over like a four-month period? Because at the beginning, she just looks literally like, is she pregnant? And at the end, it's like beach ball under the no, short situation. Apparently, the, the dark blouses are very slimming, you know? We know. Look the, what I'm wearing right but like now. Okay. The, the, the white <laughs> blouse with the vertical stripes is like, oh, my God. That's a- I mean, she's 10 inches dilated by the end of this episode. Like, that woman is pregnant. We have a couple of Hey, It's That Girls. Mm-hmm. Hey, it's that girl. Can you name the actress playing Lila Finch, the number two at a credo, that actress? Nope. No. Most guys will say, sure, I'm a feminist. But when push comes to shove, the one who's promoted is the one who plays golf, talks sports, drinks bourbon, smokes cigars. Well, not that it matters, but I run my unit. But who runs you? Okay, that's Sarah Carter. She appeared as the alien fighting militia leader Margaret in TNT's Falling Skies and Madeline Poe in CBS's Shark. Oh, she, two shows we watched religiously. Yeah. that. <laughs> uh, she was also a recurring character, uh, Alice Baker on Smallville, which is interesting if you know from oh, the rip from the headline yeah. story. That's interesting. She's going to be the lead in the uh, upcoming remake of the classic horror film Nosferatu. Ooh. She's also currently on the WB's Flash along with Jesse L. Martin, who is gorgeous. gorgeous. Uh, she plays Grace Gibbons, a.k.a. supervillain Cicada, although she's not actually Grace Gibbons because that's a nine-year-old girl in a coma, and she's come back in time from the multiverse mm. to stop the murder of her parents and get revenge on the Flash. And do you want me to tell you more? Somebody wikipedia the hell out of okay. this. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just doing my nerd stuff. How about Gina? Anyone recognize her? That's the Gina, the good-time girl with a pocket full of crime scene blood? Nope. Do not. Anyway, at at a credo, we're forced to face our fears. Last night, I took control. Uh, That actress is Lily Simmons. She's a regular on the show Banshee and was a femme fatale on season five of Ray Donovan. Both of those were on Showtime. Mm -hmm. Uh, Rebecca, you you do a Ray Donovan impression. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) That's about all he ever says, right? Mm. Can you do do Abby? 
No, Ray, I cannot do Abby. <laughs> Whatever. Perfect. I'll take care of it. Ray, Ray. <laughs> I'll talk to Bunchy. Calabasas? Right. Why do we live in Calabasas, Ray? <laughs> oh, you're horrible. Right. That's also the secretary from Ghostbusters, by the way. 100%. <laughs> oh, dropping off of picking up. Oh, all right. Uh, Rebecca, you might remember her from Westwood as not the sex robot Clementine, but the sex robot New Clementine. Okay. Uh, just saying. Uh, she was also Catwoman on Gotham, uh, but just in the series finale because Selena Kyle was played by a preteen actress and they needed somebody older for the flashback, you know, who had boobs, and do you want to know more? No. Okay, just checking. <laughs> we also have a Hey, It's That Guy. Hey, it's that guy. Who is the actor playing CVS brand Gordon Ramsay and cult leader Arlo Beck? If you don't call on me, I will kill you. All right, Rebecca, who's that? That is Sebastian Rocher, otherwise known as Jerry Jacks, a longtime villain on General Hospital, a.k.a. my favorite soap. A woman becomes a cop. Why? To establish power over men. Why? Because men have a disappointed her. B. The minute I saw him on screen, I was like, Kevin, if you don't call me on me for this, hey, it's that guy, I will, in fact, brand you (laughs) with a GH brand. (laughs) He also uh, is a hot priest on The Young Pope. He's one of the many hot priests that appear on The Young Pope. Yeah. Yeah. He's French, by the way. Not Australian, even though he only plays Australian people and things. Yeah, he was also the bad guy on Fringe. He's currently in Big Sky. He was the fallen angel Baldazar on Supernatural. He's only bad guys, like ever. And Michael on the Vampire Diaries and the spinoff The Originals. Uh, He also has a recurring role in Batwoman. And do you want to know more? I want to hear more about his General Hospital oh. character, please. Uh, well, what do you know? That he was a bad guy? He's a bad... bad guy. All I know is this. He's, he's been mentioned quite a few times lately on the soap, which means he's 100% coming back <laughs> soon. Every time they drop someone's name and they're like, hey, remember when Jerry did X? They're just priming the audience. Like, Jerry is going to make an appearance. I'm 100% sure. Does he have his French accent on General Hospital? No. He plays Jasper Jax's brother, and they're both Australian. So he does his that Australian accent. I, by the way, I, that wasn't me trying to have an Australian accent. Right. Uh, that, okay, Nicole Kidman. <laughs> Now, from age 12 to 18, he traveled the world on a sailboat with his parents and two brothers. On brand. We have a friend that their parents tried to in that, right? It lasted for a week because she was two, and they realized they had to tie her with a rope to the side of the boat, and then they went back and sold the boat and just bought another house. Like, she's totally going to (laughs) die. Well, what do you say when you decide, when you you turn to your wife and suggest that everybody get on a sailboat for the next couple of years? Hey, we don't need to have sex for the next decade, do we? <laughs> it's like a tiny house. It's like a tiny a house. A tiny house with seasickness. It's perfect. Uh, does anybody recognize Liv's trainer, Wyatt? Three more. Harder, as hard as you can. Two. One more. Nice. And rest. That's Enjo Akafor. He's the creator of the 28-day body transformation program. Mm. I did the 27-day and tried to, you know... You did the 27 day and quit, and, and quit. that's why you look look like the way you do and not like him? Is that what you're saying? Yes, I didn't get to the 28th day, obviously. <laughs> the 28th day was key, apparently. He says, that, he says that he grew up bedridden in Nigeria, moved to the U.S., took up boxing at the age of 31, and became amateur heavyweight Golden Globes champion twice. 
I mean, I want to say like, fuck you, guy. But I'm also very <laughs> proud at the same time. I don't know. What do you think? I mean, I was also the heavyweight champion at 31, so I don't think it's that impressive at ah. all. Um, I, that's incredible. That story is... Now I know what actually happened is is he and Mariska Hargitay are friends. Yeah, they're just friends. She's like, hey, can I bring my cool friend on our show? And they were like, yeah, you own us. You could do whatever you want, Mariska. That's actually what I thought. I think, like, is she actually working out with this dude and she just wants us to know? Well... First of all, his website says that he's the most downloaded blackmail model on the internet. Okay. Congratulations. Uh, I don't know how to verify that, but that's what he says. He is a personal trainer to a lot of important people in New York, including Brooke Shields. Ooh. Grandmother of future serial killer and ballet dancer Noah Decker Benson. <laughs> yes. I don't know if Mariska is not advertised as one of his uh, his clients. She but is, though. She totally is. Uh, she has to be. Why? Like, there's this storyline is nonsensical and stupid unless she wanted to bring her friend on the show. That's how you get on Law & Order is you just sit next to... Mariska at a dinner party and they're like and then next thing you know you're the next DA on Law and Order I'm gonna get you a cameo on SVU (laughs) and you are going to do squats with me for the next six months for no charge (laughs) (laughs) we are gonna I do want to skip leg day every once in a while okay this is a man who did leg day exactly once in his whole life (laughs) so who's playing Claudia the Accredo member and Arlo's lawyer anyone recognize her this group taught me to take back my power I went from schlepping briefcases for the senior partners to head of the litigation department no man I am 0 for 10 here that actress's name is America Olivo she was in the girl power action flick bitch slap Mm. and was uh, punished for having sex in a tent in the remake of Friday the 13th as all sex tenters Ten are. sexers are, yes, yes. If you're a woman and you have sex in a horror film, you are dead. Yeah. Fair. That's it. According to Boobapedia. <laughs> what? Uh, the fuck? You can't just start a sentence that way. I dig into my stop. research. Stop, stop, stop. Are you just trying to make it so that when I use your computer someday <laughs> and I and like you're like <laughs> I, I, I type like B O into the search bar to find, I don't know, like body wash, that when I see Boobapedia come up, you could be like, it was for work. No, don't worry, I use an incognito window. <laughs> uh, according to Boobapedia, she was on the cover of Playboy and appeared naked and painted on the album cover of Motley Crue's Saints of Los Angeles. So if you had the cassette single like I did, you could see oh, very you small. Didn't. Oh, I didn't have that. <laughs> By the way, she is the sister-in-law of Nev Campbell from Party of Five. Ooh. And she met her husband Christian Campbell on the horror flick Neighbor. Uh she was the lead bad guy or bad girl and she did all of her own stunts apparently, which mm. includes handling her future husband's rubber penis while she inserted an ice pick down the hole. Aww, uh, I bet that was the best wedding speech ever. <laughs> How did you meet? Well... Cute story. <laughs> she did all of her own stunts. The penis did not. It was a meat cute. It was a what? <laughs> meat cute. You know, the movie thing. Never mind. But meat is spelled M-E-A-T. So Carisi and Rollins drive out to the country estate of Arlo, and when... Arlo meets Amanda. He is terribly inappropriate. Mr. Beck, where were we? Congratulations, you're beautiful. Your pregnancy suits you. But you're conflicted, aren't you? I can see you're terrified about losing control, about being vulnerable. You've been hurt badly in your life. And I'm sorry about that. 
Yes. Boundaries, dude. Yes. I mean, he knows she's a murder cop, right? Yeah, but he also knows that she's terribly unhappy. <laughs> and that she's definitely she's, broken. Not, she's definitely not with the guy that impregnated her. Whoever put that baby in your belly. <laughs> this guy, like, like, why would you antagonize a woman right away when you meet her? But also, like... That could be said of anyone. He should, he's like, I, uh, you're a beautiful woman, but you seem very conflicted and deeply unhappy. I'm like, bitch, I live in New York. That's all of us. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Says the guy who's opening the door to the pool house full of mattresses. Yeah. Like, who is he to judge With anyone? no linens. <laughs> Man, if he, if he is really running a sex cult and there's that many mattresses, I mean... God bless him and his stamina. This looks like the world's worst sorority house, right? This is like a sorority house that's just, yes. they lost their charter and now yeah. they don't have enough money for beds. Lila says that Brand hacked into Vicky's Facebook account and posted intimate photos. He posted these intimate photos. Yeah, here. That I happen to have right here on my own phone. <laughs> he also calls Vicky like fugly slut bag. And I'm like, oh, did the other plastics also fill out their burn book? <laughs> <laughs> Brad, who's he the man bun? Who is he to talk? I know, right? They think it's Brad because they go to his apartment and they find a very sharp knife put in the dishwasher. By the way, you would never do that if you were a real professional cook. You never put your knives in the dishwasher. Every cook that's even an amateur knows that. It's very off-brand for Brad. Look at that. It's definitely blood. Yeah. There's also some blood on the jeans here. Guy be off the hook if he just do his laundry. Sweet wisdom from Finn. He didn't seem to have any electricity. There was no light. Yes. Why? When executing a search warrant in which they don't actually do a search except open the dishwasher. Are they walking around the apartment with flashlights? They do this all the time on TV. Instead of just turning on the lights, they're like doing this with the flashlight by their shoulder. Like, Erica, why do they do that? I, um, I don't make it make it more fun for themselves. Just give us a little. We've been we've been on the force for too long. We need a, we need a little roadblock. Are they like thinking maybe I'm preserving the fingerprint on the light switch if I don't touch it? I don't know. But let me put my hands all over this knife. <laughs> <laughs> and this dishwasher handle. Hey, look at these jeans covered in blood. <laughs> Should I try them on? Please do, Finn. Please do. <laughs> oh, hell no. Oh, hell no. <laughs> well, Rollins gets all estrogen strong and barges. <laughs> well, even she says it was hormonal. <laughs> she gets all estrogen estrogen strong and barges into the interrogation room, and she kicks Gina from the chair and puts her foot on her neck. Get on the damn floor. Ah. You feel empowered yet? How's this? Huh? How about now? Amanda, stop. She wants to feel demeaned? I'll demean her. It's going to be a lot worse in prison, Lieutenant. So for those of you who've asked, what would it be like if Stabler got pregnant? Here's your answer. <laughs> I think there would be more beating if it were Stabler. Erica, did you notice that afterwards Benson said to Amanda, Your behavior was unacceptable. Your behavior was unacceptable, and then that was it? Yeah. 
So apparently it is acceptable. She's hormonal, you guys. Like you can't put that's why you can't put a hormonal cop in with suspects. They'll go crazy. Yes. And and accidentally beat the shit out of them. It's why you can't have a woman president. Because if she has PMS, she might accidentally push the red yeah. button. Remember? Mm, yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah, we know. We're just all so emotional. There's also one other thing about her that's going on right now. What's that? She's pregnant. Yeah. She's we hungry. Know. Yes. And all she's eating is salad. And she's eating this I salad. Noticed that I would too. be very angry as well. If I was 14 months <laughs> pregnant the way Rollins clearly is in this episode. Yeah. I would yeah. be hosing yeah. an entire pizza. Why is, she, why is she eating, like half-heartedly eating four pieces of lettuce? I can't explain it. Uh, I can't. I mean, I was the one waiting in line at 1030 in the morning for a filet of fish at McDonald's yeah. when I was pregnant. <laughs> So I cannot explain it. I would be deep throating a meatball sub if I was 15 months pregnant. (laughs) (laughs) Have you heard? Sling TV offers the news you love for less. Hey, wait. You look and sound just like me. I am you. I'm the same news programs on Sling TV for less. You mean you're me, but for less money. A lot less. I'm all the favorite news programs and more on Sling TV starting at just $40 a month. Everything great about me, but for less money? Which makes me greater, don't you think? Get the news you love and more for less. Start saving today. Visit Sling.com to see your offer. Sling. All right, now let's take a look at the second half of this episode. Gina spills the beans on Arlo's cult. So to get in Arlo's inner sanctum, the girls have to give collateral. The deed to their house, mm-hmm. naked photos. Like the ones uh, Brad took of Vicky. And are you ready for this? The brand that we saw, AHM, it stands for At His Mercy. Carisi oh. uses <laughs> the GPS data from Lila's Fitbit or Fit Tracker or whatever the fuck they're going to call it in this episode to place her in Vicky's neighborhood and then uses the heart rate monitor to see she was doing a lot of exercise during the time of the death. While at Rikers, the lieutenant turns the Benson empathy meter up to 11 and convinces Lila that she don't need no man to get no (laughs) self-respect. You really got to stop drinking what I'm talking. Neither do I, by the way, which is why I'm here with you. So Gina planted the blood she got from Lila, who killed Vicky on Arlo's orders, all because Vicky was going to leave a credo. They arrest Arlo, whose attorney is a credo member, Claudia. Amanda Rollins, let me repeat, Amanda Rollins gives Claudia life advice, (laughs) urging her to do the right thing. It pays off when Arlo makes bail and is about to flee on a private plane, and Claudia gives SVU a heads up. The episode ends with Arlo getting arrested again, and Rollins, who, in her 58th week of gestation, (laughs) says, I think I'll finally let the bosses know I'm pregnant. Hmm. Also, Noah acts like an asshole. All right. Yes. So uh, here's the whole reason that Liv has been counting her steps. It's about the Fitbit. So let's get... And so she gets the idea about the Fitbit. So let me paint the picture for everyone who doesn't remember the episode. They bring up a graph of Lila's heart rate. Now this is a graph of Lila's heart rate on the night of the murder. And so it starts off, it's low. It's actually so low, it like, looks like she's dead, right? You know, they don't know how to do like anything proportional in this graph. So then it rises as she's apparently climbing up the stairs. Now from 8.45 to 9 p.m., it gets up to 110. Now that's got to be her going up the six flights of steps it took to get to the crime scene. And then it kind of levels off, and then the graph looks like 
It looks like cliffhangers from The Price is Right. Yes. Right? <laughs> boop, 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 boop. Oh, oh, oh. Ten minutes later, boom. It goes up to 130. It stays elevated for 40 minutes. It gets as high as 160. That's the murder. That's what I'm thinking. And then some small talk, and then it spikes, and the thing is all over the place uh, for about a half an hour while she's beating and assaulting and filleting the victim. And then the graph drops right straight down and back to normal. Totally cool. Yep. By the way, that's some cold-blooded shit after that. My heart, I would be heavy breathing for an hour. How many calories do you burn committing uh, sexual assault and murder? I, w- I just wish the, the fit tracker could have let us know. Oh, I can tell you, 850. It tells it us does. that, yes. <laughs> and she got in about an extra 700 steps. I'm just going to say, if she had used maybe a pepper shaker instead of a table leg, it wouldn't have been as many calories. Mm. So she chose the right yep. like Pilates implement. Yeah, it was very intense. Yeah, I don't know how easy it would be to remove a leg from a table. She's committed. Let alone use it as a... That yeah. is called commitment. That is called commitment. You know, like the claps they do in tweets? That is called commitment. <laughs> she is a yoga master. She is a, a cold-blooded killer. She can do everything. Yeah, right. She She's not going to bring like a knife or a gun to kill Vicky, but she brought a an Allen wrench so she could unscrew the leg. <laughs> uh, when they arrest Arlo, Benson does like her best whisper acting. So you make women feel safe. They feel heard. And because they trust you, they share their deepest insecurities, their weaknesses with you. And then you use those vulnerabilities to destroy them. You, Mr. Beck, are the worst kind of predator there is. Really? Really? He's the worst? <laughs> okay. He's the worst kind of predator? Not the lady who bludgeons someone to death? Also, all of like the child rapists we have seen on this show 20 for the last years. 20 plus years. He's the worst. He's he's yeah. worse than the guy who like, like... The guy who kept the driver's licenses, the rape victim, so he could attack him again and again. Exactly. Ooh. Yeah. The guy with the sex dungeon... Worse than that guy? No. Yeah, Lewis broke out of prison just so he could come after you, but he, but Tony Robbins here is worse. <laughs> Jerry yeah. Jacks from General Hospital You're is the worst. worst. You make women feel good about themselves, and then you qualify them for mortgages they can't make the payments on. <laughs> You're the worst kind of predatory lender. That's He's the worst. You do really manipulative TED Talks. How dare you? these women were all feeling good about themselves you like making partner and then you have a clothing line where like your size sixes are actually like a regular person size four and make people feel really bad about themselves (laughs) you're a personal trainer who tells a perfectly fit woman who's not a size zero that she has more work to do you're the worst kind of predator yeah you're like my trainer Wyatt you throw a medicine ball at me the eight pound one and you tell me it's the four pound <laughs> fuck you Wyatt oh I'm sorry I went someplace I wasn't supposed to you're go. the worst kind of predator the worst guy. you're the worst kind of predator <laughs> no you are yeah <laughs> oh my god you make theater references you're the worst kind of predator <laughs> in this episode we learned that Rollins gets a lady boner for Michael J. Fox <laughs> That was weird. Your family ties was my favorite Alex P. I really, really liked him. But I would turn the volume all the way up so I couldn't hear what was going on downstairs, the screaming, the 
cussing. That's Rollins' favorite TV show? Not what I saw coming. Yeah. I would have guessed Mama's Family. That was Mama's Family. She was rubbing one out to Tim Conway. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, on on uh, everyone forgets that besides Alex P. Keaton and Family Ties, they also had a dad who worked for PBS, which is hot. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> it's about as milk toasty as you can get. What would you think? <laughs> I would say what at this do, moment, baby, <laughs> without us, there's an interesting reveal that kind of runs through much of her character arc. Wait, whose character arc? Rollins? Rollins' character arc. It's that her dad would beat up her mom. And this is something that like, we come back to later in the season in this very format-breaking episode. It was part 33, I think it was called. It was the one where everybody was sort of in the waiting room before going to testify. Oh, fucking episode. Everybody was the doing their Emmy reels. waiting yeah. room, yeah. Right. The episode that was clearly just like one of the writers wanted to have a, a theater moment, like a, like a I'm going to write yes. my Eugene O'Neill play today, but these guys are going to be in it. They're all going to be in a play as if they're waiting off stage to do something and it's all just very, very freeform and ad-lib. It's like the nominchance of acting. We're all beneath the big blanket dancing. Yeah. I think Mariska was like, you know, I won an Emmy when Bush was president. So <laughs> can we maybe give me something to work with here? But anyway, so it's what Rollins says is, you know, that her dad would beat up her mom, but that Rollins' lingering anger was not with him. I was so mad at her. You know, how, how, how could she let him, how, you know, now I'll say, like, for fictional TV characters out there, that's not usually the way they play it, right? It's very obvious that the resentment and anger she has, that character would be towards her father. I think it's much more complex, but have you guys ever seen it like this? It's real. Real, yeah. I gotta yeah. say, like, I I will commend this moment, and I felt like it was a real moment and, like, wonderfully done. I agree. And also, I, Kelly Giddish sells the hell out of that. Yeah, even though she's eating a salad at the time. <laughs> she's eating a sad, limp salad. So in the end, the life lesson learned for Rollins is that she can either secretly deliver this baby in the bathroom at the prom, or <laughs> she can report it to the department. And it is going to kill me to have to sit behind a desk, but it's only a few months, right? And the father I wanted you to know is um, Al Pollock. He's a, he's a cardiologist. Doctor. Nice. So she has to th also throw in, hey, this guy's a cardiologist, not some shitty podcaster or something. And not an undercover Irish cop who's, I guess, the first, the first dad. Yeah. And then Olivia, I actually think the worst part about this is that Olivia says, hmm, a doctor. <laughs> well, Like she's Rollins' mom and like there's something attached to that that we should be excited about. When Rollins said earlier in the episode, you have one reckless night and this happens. Who the fuck cares if this guy's a doctor? Clearly it wasn't planned. I found that to be like a weird little moment. I thought so, too. I also thought it was weird when she's talking to the lawyer and she's like, my life sucks because of this baby. And I'm like... You're about to have this kid in 14 hours. Like, why are you why are you just walking around town telling everyone how much you hate your unborn baby on TV? And the baby's going to be able to see it in reruns on USA in like 20 years, <laughs> a million right. times. 
Uh, by the way, we also get one quick scene near the end where uh, Noah is a punk ass bitch who is probably going to be a serial killer. Yes, a hundred percent. But I don't want any homework. You're in first grade now. Mrs. Rosniak says she wants you to practice your spelling words. No. Hey, whoa, Noah. <laughs> I didn't like homework either, and I have daughters. Just tell your mom what's what. Yeah, I think next time she sees Wyatt, she should say, instead of coming home and m- make me do squats, say, come home and scare the shit out of my bratty son. Yes. All you think about is Lucy. Like, where's Lucy? All you gotta do is throw that medicine ball at him one time, <laughs> and he'll think, like, oh, this is <laughs> Have you heard? Sling TV offers the news you love for less. Hey, wait, you look and sound just like me. I am you. I'm the same news programs on Sling TV for less. You mean you're me, but for less money? A lot less. I'm all the favorite news programs and more on Sling TV, starting at just $40 a month. Everything great about me, but for less money? Which makes me greater, don't you think? Get the news you love and more for less. Start Start saving saving today. today. Visit Sling.com to see your offer. Planning an international trip and want to learn the language of your destination? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today. All right, let's take a look at the real-life story that inspired this episode. It's time for Rip from the Headlines. What could it be? You think you know who did it. You think you know who did it. But you don't know who did it. You don't know who did it. Rip from the Headlines. This episode takes some inspiration from the story of the Nexium sex cult. Keith Raniere started a self-help organization in the late 90s. Ranieri and his partner Nancy Salzman held professional growth seminars, convincing attendees to spend increasing amounts of money to hear his wisdom. The Executive Success Program eventually grew to over 3,000 attendees. These included employee disciples required to sign up even more followers in a kind of pyramid scheme. Ranieri organized a small group within Nexium with the help of actress Alison Mack. The group was called DOS, and Mack described it to recruits as a secret sisterhood. But for their initiation, the women were stripped naked, held down by Mac and three others, and had Ranieri's initials branded into their genitals with a cauterizing pen. They were then forced into sexual slavery. The women also provided the leaders with embarrassing material to ensure their silence. Several DOS members fled Nexium and told their stories to authorities. After being arrested in Mexico, Ranieri was charged with racketeering and sex trafficking. He was convicted, and in October was sentenced to 120 years in prison. Well, Rebecca's reaction to all these cult stories when she sees them is that in the once they explain their doctrine, she's like, "Well, that sounds pretty good." What? You're always like when they're talking about oh, oh, Nexium, like oh no, no, I don't, I don't say that. Okay, to be clear, I don't say that when you hear the consequences. No, I say it when they you didn't get to the sex cult part, but when they're talking about empowerment, when they say, "Hey, come join us." And, like, you're going to be way more badass than you were before. And you're not going to care about what men think about you anymore. I'm like, yeah, that sounds fucking amazing. What I mean is I get the lore. I wouldn't be tempted by the lore. But I'm also not going to judge someone else for 
getting the lore, if that makes sense. But Eric, isn't that like no one ever says, yeah, I want to join a cult. They join something and they find out later it's a cult because it sounds so good. Like you've walked in the door and you've bought uh, like thousands of dollars worth of classes and you're like, oh, shit, I'm in a cult. Whoops. <laughs> I feel like without the sex dungeon part of it, this is also Gwyneth Paltrow's cult, right? It's not that far off. Oh. From, <laughs> like that's goop and nexium without like the sex dungeon part the sex slavery part they're very similar agreed i completely agree do you think you can get candles that smell like ranieri's ball sack <laughs> because of his like volleyball games not uh, his badminton games yeah his volleyball jesus h christ all right here are some late developments in the nexium case in june allison mack Got three years in prison. By the way, she was, as you may recall, an actress on the TV show Smallville. Um, Last month, Nancy Salzman's daughter, Lauren Salzman, was released for time served due to her, quote, extraordinary cooperation. Mm. She was also uh, responsible for collecting the sex slaves. Mm. Um, Nancy pled guilty. She will be sentenced in federal court today. Wow. September 8th. The feds want at least three years. She could get up to, I think, nine based on the uh, okay the, the guidelines. I have a problem with this. Yeah. So I'm just going to say it. I've said it many times before in our other podcast. All of these cults, the thing they have in common, whether it's the uh, yoga one or the wild, wild country one, they all have a like second in command who's a woman. Who makes all of the people that are in it feel safe? Because like mm. a woman in charge of this, like it's fine, it's fine. Nancy, I would say, is almost more insidious than Keith because her is she job... the worst kind of predator. No, but <laughs> Keith is horrible. But her job is also to be like, "Hey, lady, it's fine. I'm here." Like you, like yeah. it's insidious. It's three years, not enough, in my opinion. But isn't she also a victim in a way to actually I have to admit, I don't know that much about Nexium. So I don't know, like, how deep she was from the beginning. But is it possible that she was also sort of low key brainwashed to start? Maybe, ex- yeah. except she was already like a business consultant person who sort yeah. of liked what he was doing. I mean, nobody's coming into this with clean hands, but I, I do believe that some of the thi- some of the things that were very troubling to prosecutors was that she very easily parroted a, a lot of the um, the talking points that Ranieri had about things that young children don't mind having sex with adults Ooh. and. A rape is freeing and weird shit like that. And oh, so, no, no, no. Lock her up. The followers of Nexium were taught that they were important. And never was that more clear than the HBO series The Vow, a nine-episode series produced by them. Six of the episodes were essentially their reactions to Ranieri being arrested. Mm. Did you see Did you see it? Yes. Erica, did you see it? I did not. Oh, my God. It will go down in history as the most self-indulgent navel gaze in the history of premium cable. That being said, yeah, you know, we know the story, right? It was like it was sort of like, yes, we know that like it was too long. It was, it all was way too long. First three episodes were great. They tell you what's going on. And then all of a sudden it's let's follow us around while we talk about our feelings about this. But you For know, hours. you know what I really wouldn't wanted, though, what? I wanted some of those students who had to go to UC Berkeley with Allison Mack after all this went down before she was like awaiting trial oh. and had to take like women's studies classes with her 
That's what I wanted. Explain this reference to Erica. So Allison Mack, the actress from Smallville, who was like really in command of this DOS part of Nexium, which is the branding, horrible, yeah. you need to waste 85 pounds part, uh, you know, was arrested. But then when she was awaiting her trial, she was at home in California with her parents and she attended classes at UC Berkeley, and I have questions for the admissions department at yeah. UC Berkeley. But, like, she was attending classes, and they were, like, women's studies classes, and, like... <gasps> what was her admissions essay? And, like, the other students were like, what in the actual fuck am I doing here with a cult leader who indoctrinated women into a, like, uh, sex trafficking thing? It was a whole thing. I want to know everything. I want to know what her grades were. I want to know who her TA was. I want to know if she was paired with other students, like a study group. I want to know all about that. That is the next HBO series. She should not be doing a term paper. She should be the term paper. <laughs> you think she would raise her hand in class and be like, so hypothetically speaking, what if <laughs> you lured a bunch of women to their untimely demise? Is that really anti-feminist? Just hypothetically. <laughs> The best thing I keep thinking about her is like every other college student, she goes home for Thanksgiving and someone has an opinion and then she's like, but actually. <laughs> <laughs> uh, her admission essay was what I did last summer and it was all about branding. <laughs> <laughs> I went to Nexium to change them, but really... They changed me. <laughs> <laughs> that is going to do it for us. We want to thank our guest, Erica Vialba. Erica, where can our listeners follow you online? Uh, so they can listen to That Aged Well wherever they listen to podcasts. Uh, they could follow us on Twitter at That Aged Well Pod or on Instagram at Just That Aged Well. And Rebecca Lavoy, how can our listeners follow you? At Nexium. No, I'm oh. just kidding. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Reb Lavoy. And you can track me on Twitter at Vanguard. No, that's at Kevin P. Flynn. You can also tweet to us at Law and Order Pod. Or follow us on Instagram at These Are Their Stories Podcast. Our newsreader was Chris Green. Our theme music was composed and performed by Uncanny Valleys. Line editing by Henry Lavoy. Content assistance from Travis Roy. Lily Flynn handles promotions. To get ad-free episodes of These Are Their Stories a week early, sign up for Stitcher Premium. All clips in this podcast were used in compliance with the U.S. Copyrights Act Fair Use Exemption for criticism and commentary. Go to lawandorderpodcast.com to sign up for our newsletter for a chance to be our next Law & Order Marathon winner. These Are Their Stories was recorded in the yoga loft above the bodega in Bay St. Louis, Mississippi studio and is a production of Partners in Crime Media. Partners in Crime Media.